Welcome to the Life on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Amy Debrick, and this month we're going to be sharing stories of faith. This morning we are talking with radio host and ministry leader, Season Bowers. Season has had a long successful career in theater, uh, but but mostly to me, her most profound role is being an inspiration to women like myself by spreading joy. So welcome, Season. I'm so thrilled to have you as a guest today. Thank you. I, I, I was. I, I, this is my favorite. This is just the best. I love it. I love getting to know you and um, being able to connect with your listeners and and really release whatever the Lord has put in me to anyone that's uh, wanting some. So <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> well, you have a lot to spread. I mean, I love right off the top when you go to your website, which I recommend everybody does, and we'll go into that at the end how you can connect with her. But right off the top, it's like um, you're 28 day pdf to be a joy bringer i mean right right there you know it's like just sums up who you are what you're about so can you share a little bit about your journey about spreading joy and how all of that even began for you well okay so i've i was kind of always that that kid that just everyone was like wow that's a bundle of joy or something you know a lot of energy (laughs) um and then as a little performer and then on stage my my whole life um, it was sort of like, gosh, there's like something about you that you just sort of glow. And um, for those that know me, I just have white blonde hair. I bleach it, but that's, I'm like, it's my hair. But really, it, it was Jesus. And I, I love, I love Jesus. And I, um, I've always loved the Lord, but truly I have become in my life just so sold out a, a Christ follower. Um I am a daughter of the king. I am someone who is totally identified as that. And I've learned in my life to not um, place so much value in identifying myself as all the other things that we can identify ourselves as. And so for me, I have been on a journey with the Lord to discover more about him, more about myself, and then what that looks like to live it out. And Mm. if really, truly grasp who Jesus is and who he says we are and what he's done for us, then we will be filled with joy. It's a promise in scripture. And, you know, because you believe, because you are a Christ follower, you will be filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Like, I'm wondering, how's your joy this morning? Because if it's not inexpressible and glorious, (laughs) we're missing something. Because not many people would walk around and say that that's what the state of their joy is. People would right. be like, uh, I don't remember the last time I even one felt joy until mm-hmm. that I would call it glorious. <laughs> but that is a promise in scripture. And, and it says it again and again, joy is mentioned 472 times in the Bible in some sort of conjugation. Mm-hmm. And that puts it way up high. It is the second fruit of the spirit between love and peace. Like God is serious about joy but we have removed it from the gospel. Mm -hmm. We don't think of joy as necessary to be Christians. We think of it as happiness, as circumstantial. We think of it as um, just sort of an optional cherry on the Sunday of a Christian life. Mm -hmm. And that, um, it gets me crazy and passionate because I want people to know the truth that Jesus was a man of joy and that is what we're called to be. If we are called to take the good news of the gospel to the ends of the earth and we're not people of great joy, that doesn't make sense. Then I say this all the time. If there's no joy in the gospel, then it's not good news. So 
I, I'm passionate. And that doesn't mean for your listeners that might be like, okay, I can't handle this girl. She's too fake. She's too Pollyanna. Okay. (laughs) Pollyanna was like one of my favorite movies growing up, but that doesn't mean everyone has to be like me, like joyful, bouncy. You know, if you're going to choose a Winnie the Pooh character, right? If you're Eeyore, bless you. (laughs) I'm not, but that doesn't mean that, oh, I could have a whole thing about Eeyore being in community and that's complete joy. So the thing is, is you don't, your joy doesn't have to look like mine. And, right. and people don't have to be perky and bouncy to be joyful. It's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah. <laughs> How's that for an introduction? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but that's true. And I think that you're right. You're right. And I, I wrote this down because I, I think this is really important is a lot of people identify their joy with their circumstance. Yes. Yes. And, and rightly so. I just really think that if we understand it more and certainly look at it the way it's presented, it's very different than circumstances. I, I, I mean, we can get, just get to it. Like, like there was joy present on the cross. So it certainly wasn't circumstantial and happy. Jesus right. wasn't like, thrilled to be there. He wasn't having a great time, but right. it says for the joy that was set before him, it, he was ruminating, like concentrating, thinking about what was ahead of him which was joy. That's where you can tap into the joy of what's to come, the hope of the future, which is you and anyone listening. You are the hope set and the joy set before Jesus that enabled him to endure the cross. Right. So if that is present in the most horrific situation imaginable, then it's certainly not circumstantial and it's not based on our feeling. Right. I like to describe it as a buoyant sense of well-being rooted in who Jesus is and what he's done for us and powered by the Holy spirit. It's not anything else. It is totally, totally based in Jesus. Right. Right. So did your like fear of, of seeing joy not be expressed and delivered properly among people? Is that kind of what led to this mission? And, and, you know, and also I know that you had some traumatic losses in your mid twenties. So did all of that kind of, did one happen first? Did the losses happen first? And then you notice this lack of joy or in yourself or in your surroundings and that kind of, or was it vice versa? You had the joy mission first and then those incidences happened and it all kind of played out from there. I I didn't have the mission. I just had the, the, the connection. Okay. And then through all of the stuff, my, um, I was married 30 days later, my husband cheated on me with my best friend who was living in our house while we were taking care of my mother who was dying of cancer. Um, My mom died. No, my grandma died. So my husband cheated on me 30 days after. My grandma died right after that. And my mom died 30 days later. Mm. Also, at the same time, my um, two great aunts and my two grandmothers. So all female, five female blood relatives died within about a year and a half of each other. And I was in a very, very... Um, confusing and difficult uh, marriage. Right. And that was so crazy. I didn't know what end was up, except I knew that I was loved by God. I didn't know how I was going to make it through any of that, except I knew that, that God had a plan and a purpose for my life. And I was always able to hold on to that and, re- and maintain my buoyant sense of well-being, my joy. And that... I didn't know was really an extra supernatural grace of the Lord on my life. Mm -hmm. 
So as, you know, within about five years, I, I went through a divorce and kind of had to do the big reevaluation. Like, okay, what are we all about here? And I, for the first time in my life, took my faith that was real and my passion for the Lord that was real. And I dove in. I had never really been a Bible reader. Uh, I've been in church my whole life. I was involved in church my whole life, but I could never go to any, um, I could never go to any Bible study because, or any, any kind of formal Christian education. I, I didn't go to Christian school or anything um, mm-hmm. because I was always performing and I didn't have any days available. So I had already gotten my undergraduate degree and I just thought as I was going through this, the Lord has always been with me. I'm so grateful for his love, but I am so I was being healed by the Lord. He was reaffirming my identity in him. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to, I'm all sufficient. And I'm going to teach you what being, um, uh, what purity looks like in a marriage. I'm going to teach you what a husband would be and, and how to be a bride. And so in that I was so filled and became a Bible reader because I just needed more. I just became voraciously like consuming the Lord in any way I could. And then that led me to want to know more, and so I, I applied for seminary. I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> Legit, I, I, I was performing with a theater company and I was at a church and I happened to ask some questions and I kept hearing the same seminary name everywhere I went. And I was like, well, I guess it's in town. I could, I could apply. I can't believe they let me in. Cause I was like, I'm an actor. I don't, I don't know anything about Bible except that I like it. I'm reading it now. I didn't, <laughs> I decided I would start in Matthew and I began to read and I reading through Matthew, reading through Mark. By the time I'm halfway through Luke, I'm like, I swear I've read this before. I don't, I don't know. This is like deja vu. What's happened. Is it repeating itself? Like I didn't know anything about the gospels. Mm-hmm. I was just reading scripture. So I applied for seminary and glory to God, they let me in mostly because they all were season ticket holders to this. <laughs> <laughs> They were like, oh my gosh, it's you. I said, hi, can you teach me more about the Bible and Jesus? So I just wanted to equip myself Mm -hmm. to be able to express myself and defend my faith in a way that I didn't know how. And in these processes, as I became more aware of and backed up my belief and really could um, search the scriptures and and knew how to research things. My faith became more solid in that whole process. The Lord was building me and teaching me because I wanted to feel less like that cute girl, that cute young bouncy thing (laughs) full Mm -hmm. of joy. And I, and in that whole process, the Lord was revealing to me that he had greater purpose and would use all of those things that he's developed in me, my buoyant well-being because of him and put a foundation on it even, even stronger. It wasn't just this cute, perky actor, right? Right, right, right. I had a, a master's degree and I became an ordained pastor and I had things that were, um, had a little more weight and clout to it. And I was really grateful for that. And in that whole process, I, and I, you know, I recognize we all come from different streams. I uh, am in the charismatic stream and I was in church one day. I had met and married my amazing husband who was on this journey with me to just really live uh, our, our mission statement for our marriage is whatever, wherever for the Lord. And our purpose is to be um, spectacles of his goodness and glory and to release joy 
to the world, teach people mm. what it is. He's in, and so he's led me down this path of seminary and, and scripture study and, and life experience so that I could truly say with authority and with clout, it is not about a perfect life. It is, it is totally based in Jesus through the trials and he's given me tools. There have been times where he's like being someone filled with joy called to bring it to the world, which by the way, is all of our commission. Right. right? We're going to take the good news of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. It has to start by recognizing that it is indeed good news. Right. Which will produce joy. And frankly, Amy, it's about putting it into practice. So I've got, you know, material and and books and talks and things that I'm releasing in the process of doing, but he gave me these strategies. He's given me these tools, you know, the four steps and the core values and all those things. And they sound great, but he's like, you better put your money where your mouth is. Right. So I find myself often in situations where I have to really practice the things that I believe. So it's not that I knew about this from a young age. It was the Lord has been cultivating this. Um, my whole life. And I am so grateful to, you know, we were mentioning earlier, we don't love the word platform. (laughs) Right. It's, it's something that we don't like, I'm not like, Oh, give me it. Except that it is truly my heart's deepest desire to be a spectacle for God's goodness. And I don't mean that I would be famous. I want the Lord's glory and goodness to show in (laughs) it. through me. And if that means that I reach five people, great. If that means that I reach, you know, to the ends of the earth, glory to God. Right. But what I will do is live my life on purpose. Mm -hmm. And the purpose is to glorify and be a spectacle, which means I will celebrate publicly. I will mourn publicly. Right. I want to show people the reality of what this life looks like. Right. Well, and I think that you hit on a couple of things. First is really being authentic to who you are. And I think one of the things is, is when you, when you're putting out resources, which is, you know, really your books, the podcast lists for this and that, those are resources to help other people, but you have to have some authoritative backing on that. So where that's all coming into play. So people can say, well, she really knows what she's talking about or else why would they do that? And, you know, even with, for me with anxiety is I need to go through these steps first before I'm offering these out to somebody else. I mean, there's no other way to do that and stay authentic, authentic to who you are and what you can actually, how you can actually spread that joy. If, if what you're, if what you're putting out there, you haven't done and utilized and it hasn't done it. Why would you put it out there? Right. I found that the more I have fostered a worship culture in my own life outside of church, mm-hmm. that's been really important because it's, it's not reserved for Sunday, right? Or, right. you know, Wednesday night or, or whatever. Um, and then the more we do that, the more we incorporate that culture of worship in our daily life, the more I hear invitations from the Lord that to lean in or to learn something or to listen to this or stop there. Um, and the more we recognize his goodness and those invitations are always drenched in, um, beauty, never condemnation or, or harm. Um, we want it more recognize the very real presence of God with us at all times 
when we take Jesus out of the church building and we just bring him with us everywhere, then it, people say, oh, she's the joy bringer. Oh, I'm not the joy bringer. It's Jesus. Jesus is right. the joy bringer. I'm a, like, he's with me and I'm bringing him to you. And right. so that's the best part is that Jesus is always with us. It's a matter of our attention being on him. And when we do turn our attention to him, exponentially everything gets bigger, right? Our, right. Joy gets well, bigger, our sense of well-being gets bigger. And I think, like you said, when we tap into he's bringing it, but you're, you're facilitating that through yeah. him. You know yeah. what I mean? You're the one putting it out there, um, which is a wonderful thing to be able to do because here's the reality. Not everybody can do that. And so thank God for people like you who are willing to, whether it's your comfort zone or not, and obviously you're more of an extrovert, you're more comfortable <laughs> being, but, but in general, yeah. but, but thank God there are different personalities because not yeah. everybody's like that. And they, need that one person. I always say, it's just, you just need one person. I had posted something this morning on Facebook about, you know, um, once you get over, you know, the hump or the wall or whatever it is, you know, turn around and then help the next person because that was you at one time. And it's really important because sometimes you need that person different, completely different from you to pull you over that wall and get you where you actually need to be. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to look the same. The journey getting there doesn't have to look the same, but just knowing that you have the support of one person trying to get that out there. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, that, that to me is, is huge. Just that community effort and really caring about wanting to see somebody joyful mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that extra step. It's one yeah. thing to say it like, oh, well, you shouldn't be down. You should feel joy because we all have down days. That's, <laughs> that's not oh. realistic. But sometimes it's always like, and, I, and forgive me if, if this offends anybody because I, I don't mean it to, but it's almost like sometimes when you go through a really difficult time or season and, and someone will just say, well, you know, just pray about it. Ugh. Which And don't say, and don't say mm, count it all joy. Stop. Right. Like, stop. Right. Because you have to have something realistic also behind that. If you're going to say something like that, you also have something, you have to have something else. I feel like to say, because sometimes you're not in a place where that's going to be enough for you. And and that doesn't mean that they're not a believer and it doesn't mean that they don't love Christ or anything like that. But sometimes you, you might need an added something. And so I feel like Sometimes, and I don't think it's a a conscious thing. I think people just think that that's the right thing to say. But I would just like to say for the record that sometimes it's not always the most helpful thing to say to get somebody where they need to be. You know, I know telling people to pray about it. Right. (laughs) Jesus walked around and said, let's have dinner. Come Come over. Let's hang out. Let's take a nap together. Let's feed people. Right. Let, you know, come here, just spend time with me. Come here. Let me, let me touch you. Mm-hmm. They're, they're so, and then he said, ask, ask, do it. Yes. Pray for sure. Jesus modeled it. Prayer is so important, but there are so many ways to connect with someone to help them. Right. And it's not, oh, you should pray about it because that, that ultimately Jesus wants us in community, right? The Lord wants yeah. us to um, bear one another's burdens, right? So when I say, oh, just go pray about it. It takes me out of the equation. Yes, right. there's boundaries. Yes, we're not responsible to like take on everyone as a personal project. That's not it. Um, but there are 
so many ways that we can um, contribute Mm -hmm. to helping someone. Mm -hmm. Far greater than just saying, well, you should pray about that. Are we taking that extra step? And, you know, I'll be honest. Sometimes I'm not. I know I should be. You get bit caught up in your own stuff. But the reality is that's when it's a good time to reevaluate what, what am I doing this for? Why am I doing it? And, you know, is this really about me or is this really about helping somebody else Mm. spreading the word of Christ? Like you said, spreading joy. And that's how you get there. That's the only way you get there. I feel like is with that extra step and taking it off of you, which is hard. Yeah. And putting it on somebody else, which is really the true gift. You know, so much healing, I think, takes place when you can focus, you know, take the focus off your own pain at times. It's hard to do, but when you focus on somebody else's, because we all know somebody always has a little little bit worse, but those are the times when I have had the biggest growth and the most healing. So, um, the Lord has, he's, he's so gentle and gracious to always want to take us down further along the road, right? He's always like, yeah, you've, You've learned a lot about that. Let me show you this thing over here. <laughs> and um, my, in January of last year, it wasn't right away. It was probably toward the middle or end of Jan- middle of January. I heard the Lord say, because I didn't really have a word for the year, you know, how people mm-hmm. love that. And I was like, I don't know, Lord, what is it? And I heard the Lord say, this is the year of the father. And I thought, Oh, that's interesting. The year of the father. Okay. I don't, I don't know, Lord. I don't think I have any weird distortions about the father. Like, and, and so about for a couple months, I was really leaning in with my friends, my pastor friends. And I'm like, do I, is there a book I should read about the father's love? And you know, right. well, what I didn't know was that almost exactly one year ago. So in the middle of March, my actual father, my, my dad right. moved in. With us. Oh Yeah. He had some real tragedy. His wife, so my mom passed away in 2004. A couple of years later, he remarried. He remarried after this woman who, um, on the, pretty much on their 10-year anniversary, filed for divorce. Oh. And uh, tragic, just a tragic situation, really devastating for him. Mm-hmm. And he virtually just sideways, just totally sideways. My husband's like, sir, come live with us. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> Uh, you're like let's rethink that for a minute (laughs) I'm a child so I guess that's what's happening and over the last year and my dad and I during those 10 years as he was married to this woman um we're pretty distant we I lived about an hour away and not because of any pain or fight or anything we just really had disconnected right Um, and it wasn't good I wasn't proud of it um and I will tell you and your listeners, because again, I'm so transparent. Um, it was easier for me to think of my father as not alive, mm. deal with the reality that we just didn't have a connection mm-hmm. and that my father is not a gifted communicator or one that connects with me in an easy way because we're just very different. I love my daddy. Oh my gosh. But growing up, it was really mostly me and my mom. My dad was always there, but never connected to us mm-hmm. um, in the way that I would like verbally connect or whatever. And so my real life dad moves in with us. And then my real life father buys us a house. And then my real life dad, essentially everything, he's like, everything I have is yours. And I was led to take a huge leap of faith and quit my 
uh, full-time salaried job as a, a pastor at a big church, mm-hmm. um, pursue where the Lord's leading me. And because my father is, we're with him. I, we now have means to at least have a cushion of security to be able to do that. Right. Um, Cause we lost half our income really as I was leaping a faith with faith mm-hmm. and the Lord, I, and I, that was not lost on me. The Lord was like, I'm going to teach you more about the father, mm-hmm. this abundant, crazy love where I didn't do anything to deserve this beautiful re- reconciliation with my dad that that's producing like stability and a home and things that we would not ever have had. So that was amazing, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, here are the boundaries of this beautiful. I'm getting all this stuff, right? That's not right. really what I was thinking, but that's kind of the reality. Right. Until the same time that I was leaving my job, my father went into the hospital and we were in the hospital for 10 days. And then that led to a six week at home, full-time care treatment for mm-hmm. my dad. And I was a miserable, de- desperate human. It was so hard because he was full of anxiety and just, he was very, very sick. And that brought a lot to our plate. Mm-hmm. So I left my full-time job, which it happened exactly, literally my last day of, of, of the job, I wasn't even there because I had already been with my dad for a while. Right. And so I began to study. One, study my joy to say, is this real? Because I feel like, forgive me, I felt like I was in hell. It was right. horrible. But practicing what I preach, changing the atmosphere of that hospital room as best as I could with what I carry, Mm -hmm. just trusting in the Lord, operating in the core value of rest, absolutely understanding that God is so bigger and is always present and willing to teach us in these moments. So when the Lord's going to teach me about the Father's love, part of that was sacrifice. Right. Part of that was saying, do you trust me? to grow even in the hard times. Do you trust me? And are, are you willing to receive the deeper level of love and joy that I have to give you through this pain and difficulty? So I practice this and I preach it because I've lived it on a level that is real. Right. Mm -hmm. And so my real life dad lives with us (laughs) and it is a journey every day. (laughs) Real interesting. But, but the trust I, piece is, you're right. The, the trust, you have to get to that place where you listen, and you, but you receive it. Because we yeah. can hear it, but we don't always want to receive it. And right. I think that that's where, I, that's where my journey to live on purpose started, is I finally surrendered all of the stuff I was, that was burdening with me. And because I could hear him say to me, are you finally going to trust me? Are you going to keep continuing to worry? Like you have been and nothing happened all those years. Now something has happened, but are you going to trust me that it's going to be okay? Or are you just going to keep continuing to just, you know, have no joy because the opposite of joy to me is like fear and worry. And so that stole my prior 15, 16 years. So did yeah. I want to continue down that journey or was I finally going to trust him? And it, and it does take some surrendering and it doesn't mean that it's easy. That's the other thing. It's not a one and done like, Oh yeah. So then I just got on my knees and I surrendered. And then it was, it's been all whatever. No, it hasn't. There's days that still I get anxious or things that stress me out. Life can be hard, but when you have that, 
That is yeah. your go-to. So when you have those days, like I did this morning, doubtful, just, you know, not in the great mental space when you get up or whatever, you have something to draw from. Yeah. To lift you out yeah. of that space, to lift you out of that negative space, for sure. And he's so good to prepare us for things. Right. And I thought that I was leaving my job to go travel the world. And I really, so being acclimated to the reality of leaving my job to step out in faith, to pursue, you know, to follow Jesus in ways that I have never done before, right? I'm speaking and, and writing and, and traveling and doing things that I have never done before uh, in a different level. But what that's actually led to was being with my dad for the last few months and really, really attending to him in a way that I wouldn't have had this not happened. And in that, a season, a real season of rest, I was sick most of January, like in bed, like totally sick in bed. Uh, and then screaming out like, Lord, I thought I was quitting my job. I, I tell him all the time, I'm like, um, Lord, I don't, I don't know if you remember, but I quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> so right. what are we doing here? You know? Yeah, right, right. I'm so grateful for that deep level truth. I'm not waiting for it to arrive. I have mm. it. You have it. Right. He is our source and everything flows from that. Right. And he's called me over the last few months to just remember. Remember when I was with you in that time. Remember when I said I was going to do it and I did to the day. Remember when I said I was going to provide for you and it happened that way. Remember, remember, remember. Because when we're in those moments of despair or anxiety or laying on the couch and just thinking, the Lord says, remember, if you can't like hear the Lord, then, and then look, if you can't look around and see it, then remember, then remember it because he's always doing amazing things in our lives. If we're willing to hold on to that and remember those things. 10 days ago, I had this crazy, what I would like to call like a download of heaven. Mm. And uh, he gave me this idea. So it's called the 15 J Joybringer challenge. It's on, mm-hmm. it's going to be a book. Um, and it is an opportunity uh, for me to um, release what he's given me, what the Lord has given me. It's going to begin on April 14th and run for 15 days. It's a private Facebook group. Um, and I have guests from all over the country. Um, mm. I can't wait to release some of them because some of them are extremely prominent people who I can't believe have agreed to do this. Oh my gosh, so nice. And, yeah, and every day uh, it's going to be um, video like live, going live on Facebook with uh, other content. And we're going to talk about every day um, different areas of joy, different areas of core values of joy and things that we need to know about and remember so that we can really truly live like the gospel is good news. And so I'm inviting you and your listeners to join me. Um, You can find out more about it on joybringerchallenge.com and it'll take you to a Facebook group and you just type in your email address and join. Oh, I'm super. I'm definitely signing up. I hope that everybody listening does the same thing. I think that's going to be great. And I love that you're doing a different topic and, you know, like we're doing here. I think it's important to show it in different areas. It's not just one, one space. You know what I mean? It's just different areas of life that come up and, and how you, you're able to tap into that. So I love that you did it that way. That's great. I think it's going to be amazing. If you even just go to her site, I will just say for the listeners right now, within the first 10 seconds, how it's all laid out, the presentation, the joy bringer PDF that you can immediately sign up for and receive. It's so well done season that, I mean, 
I think it's going to be a huge hit. Now, in addition to that, is there any other way that um, women can connect with you? Oh my gosh. I, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at season Bowers. Um, you can also find me on Facebook as well. Um, but I, I just really love to connect with people. So, um, yeah, find me on social media, find me, you know, on my website, but really right now my website is, um, going to be, well, there's pages and all the things that you can look at and whatever, but, right. uh, Joybringer challenge will lead you to my, um, website as well. And, um, through that, signing up for that and, um, on signing up on my website, you can connect, but really I just love to be literally in connection. So I, um, I want to hear from people, not just following me or whatever, but send me a message because, right. um, I'd love to know how I can pray for you. I'd love to know what the Lord is doing in your life. Um, he often, I just get words of encouragement and, um, I love to release those to people that reach out. So you have provided us with so much good information, but what is one just definitive, like small piece of advice? Cause you have so many small, but profound. What would you'd say would be your most profound advice you would give another woman to live her life on purpose? Oh gosh. Ultimately recognizing that you as a daughter of the king immediately gives you an, an inheritance. That, that's who we are. We're, we are daughters of the king. And I'm, I, my next thing I want, okay, I'm sorry, Amy, because I just keep going on. That's <laughs> the one thing and I can't do it. Okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. okay. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a necklace created that just says audacity mm. because I believe that as daughters of the king, we are, we get to be audacious. The daughter of the king doesn't care if he's in a meeting, doesn't care what he's, he, she will walk into that throne room and sit on her daddy's lap. It doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. To be an audacious daughter, to, to live recognizing your identity and your inheritance. And that inheritance is joy. That inheritance is power. That inheritance is all access to the King of Kings. To live with purpose means recognizing who you are and what you've been given. Mm. I say that often. Uh, most of us don't believe that joy is for us. It's, it's, it's the first thing you see on my website. Joy is for you, whether you believe it or not. Whatever, whatever lies you've believed about joy, whatever condemnation you've experienced because you're joyful and cute and perky like me, if that's the case, I have been relegated to that corner of, you know, all, all the things that that means, right? If you're not, then you're not serious. You're not leader material. Right, right. right. If you're like me, I get it, but maybe you're the opposite and that, and then you believe shame that you're just never going to have that. You have to believe that joy is for you. It's a part of the inheritance of mm -hmm. being a daughter of the King, recognizing who you are and what that means for your life fills you with purpose. So I, that doesn't answer your question. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it uh, does. Are you kidding? I wrote down like 18 things here. Oh my God. Well, um, that was not what you asked. Just no, one thing. but, but you know what? They're all good. Oh my They're gosh. all good. And you know, and the other thing about that is sometimes it is hard to answer that in a single sentence, but the reality is everybody isn't wired the same. So right. each day, each answer you give is going to speak to somebody differently and they're yeah. still going to appreciate that. And yeah. I appreciate it. So, thank you. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Well, thank you so, so much for being on here this morning. 
it has been an absolute joy having you. No Thank pun intended. You. But um, <laughs> you are just uh, a breath of fresh air. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, that's it for us today. Next week on Life on Purpose podcast, we're going to be talking with writer, author, and co-founder of Seasons Northeast Ministries, Jess Herberger. Jess and I are also going to discuss her new book that's coming out in June called Breaking Bread Together, as well as breaking down the differences between vulnerability and transparency. So I look forward to having you tune in. In the meantime, don't forget to live your life on purpose. Have a wonderful Easter and God bless.